Greetings, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. I am the Honorable Jake, joined by... Chris. Ames. And of course, Caitlin. (laughs) Yes, quite, quite welcome all to this very British edition. Yes... Right, today we'll be talking about two episodes of the telly mm-hmm. oh, no. program. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That is what we call it. Yes. Star Trek. Oh, I like yes. this at first. I don't Quite. know now. The first episode we'll be discussing is the light, the lights, I should say, of Zeta, in which our intrepid heroes are on their way to the Memory Alpha, a planet-sized computer that is storing all of the collected information of the galaxy and has no fucking shields. <laughs> on, the, on their way, they encounter some weird shit. Some glowy lights in space. Not knowing what to do, they put up their shields. And they interact with the weird glowy lights. And the glowy lights glow and... And blind everyone temporarily, and except for Scotty's girlfriend, uh, the uh, Romaine lettuce lady, (laughs) she's eating her Caesar salad. That traitorous bitch! I know, right? She's eating her salad. No, she's not really. There's no salad. Uh, But her name is Romaine, which is weird. And she... Delicious weird. So the lights go into her eyeballs or something, and then her brain... And she, she freaks out. There's some weird shit that happens. And basically, it's I don't remember much it's, of this. It's, it was, it's better than silver contact lenses. I'll it was. That. It was. I mean, it's basically like crossing the galactic barrier and high ESP. Except that she never gets the superpowers. She just gets weird. Anyway, the, the glowy light cloud goes on to destroy the memory alpha planet. Total loss to the galaxy. Everyone's pissed off. Spock is inconsolable. They get there. They find everyone's dead and people are croaking like frogs. Um, <laughs> and also just croaking. And then they, they they bring down Ramona Lettuce Lady and are like... You know, you must know what's going on here. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I couldn't possibly say. Ooh. It's a good British lady impersonation. It is, it is, it is. So anyway, she got, we find out the planet's fucked up. The cloud is on its way back to, to kill them again. And they have to meet up to the Enterprise. And then they try to outrun the cloud. And they can't, you can barely stay in front of it. And then we find out that there's something to do with a barometric pressure. And they girl and they keep calling her the girl even though she's a starfleet officer and finally they put her in the pressure chamber but not before the aliens that are the zeta take over her and make her speak and say that oh we need a we've been wandering our essence has been wandering the galaxy for hundreds of years looking for john malkovich looking for a body to take over so basically this episode is a weird mashup of where no one has gone, where no man has gone before, and the one with Zoltar and <laughs> so, Sargon, Sargon, yes, yeah. the one with Sargon. That's it's basically the same shit. It was terrible. All right, what? carrying on. 
But Scotty got laid. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, we, was gonna <sighs> say, we, don't, we do not have positive... Okay, uh, Scotty jerked off looking at a girl. Yes. 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 <laughs> Requiem from Methuselah. <laughs> Biblical reference there. Two of them. Yes. Really? I mean, Requiem is a religious-y thing, so... Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, I know that, but... And Methuselah. Well, I, I, even, even more. Anywho, um, in this one, apparently wait, a wait for it. Rigelian fever has broken out amongst the crew of the Enterprise, and they have to find the special Ritalin on the planet. So they beam down to some planet to get some Ritalin, and when they get there, they find there's a man. His name is Flint, Michigan. And he oh. is born in Mesopotamia in 3834 B. <laughs> what? BCE, if you want to be PC about it. PCE? PCP. So, <laughs> anyway, we don't know that immediately. Immediately, he just seems like a kind of a dick that they meet on the planet. But eventually, he agrees to give them the medicine. He takes them back to his opulent villa, where he has original Leonardo's and... Original Brahms manuscripts that Spock is able to identify, even though they've never been seen before. He knows his handwriting. He knows Brahms' handwriting. Because Da Vinci and Brahms had the same handwriting, I guess. Um, And then we meet, the guy's name is Flint, Michigan. We meet Flint's (laughs) ward, apparently. Raina Chapek, as in Carl Chapek. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint, she's a robot. Spoilers. Anyway. Hot diggity um, We meet his robot girlfriend, uh, slash ward, uh, who is a sexy, sexy lady that's... Super sexy. Very, very attractive. Very nice breasts. Great dress, too. And great tits and great pro- dress. Probably a nice bum, but you couldn't really tell. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Kirk naturally starts playing pool with her, and she teaches him how to make a nice shot in the pool table. <laughs> My right ball in your corner pocket. And uh, then they dance while, while Spock plays the pianist. And, uh, and then it turns out that the medicine is poison, so they have to do it again. And there's a, and there's a floating robot creature that's basically nomad, but different. A colander. Yeah, nomad and a colander. I love nomad. Nomad just has bad luck. Always merging with other things. Um... <laughs> Kind of like Kirk. So they oh, figure out that... You got his number, Caitlin. So <laughs> they find... You probably shouldn't call him. Yeah, because he wouldn't happens. take no for an answer. Jesus. Carl, Chapek, and Flint. Flint, <laughs> turns out, is actually a really old person who's never never ages in the last several thousand years. And then him and Kirk have a fight because Kirk wants to bang his robot girlfriend that he made for himself, but he only needed Kirk to teach her how to love... But Kirk. once she learns uh. how to love, she it conflicts her because she loves them both. So she, she shouldn't learn from Kirk. Hours I don't think. off and dies, and McCoy checks her pulse. <laughs> Fucking idiot! Yes, he did. And he was able to ascertain she was dead. She was never alive. Well, that's yeah. That's her bad luck, though. And we get one last insult off at Spock before ending the episode. Well done. And that's what happened. Yeah, I would say that. Harumph, harumph, harumph. More or less sums it up. So. More or less. Interesting sort of common theme, I think, this week. And I think something that we can use as a jumping off point for a more general discussion is, uh, you know, loneliness. 
Because, mm. you know, they, they make this big to-do, or Kirk makes this big to-do in his captain's log about how lonely Scotty has been. Aww. You know, he's like, when a man of Scotty's age, and it's like, he's not that much older than you, Kirk, put it away. But, when a man of Scotty's age falls in love, the loneliness of the years beforehand fall into sharp relief, or something like that. And then, you know, like, fucking Robot feels lonely, you know, flower dying in the desert or whatever. But then, it, you know, at the end, Kirk, who apparently fell for her really quick. He always does. Is super broken up about it. And it just sort of occurs, like, I think he just had Vigelian fever. Yeah. To do which I'm well, sure is well, just an well. STD from the ride from like some some whorehouse on Rigel. Yeah. Is Rigelian fever like some kind of horrible racist term for when you just want to fuck a Rigelian? <laughs> we think or yeah. The but, whole crew's got Rigelian fever. So it occurs to me like when you think about it, does anyone from Starfleet and we'll have to see this going forward with each series, but do any of them wind up personally happy. Cause That's a good question. Because a while you were talking about how Doc was so alone. Yeah. And like when we sad. think about, you know, as the years go on, these people, as we know, you know, from the movies, all just sort of wind up together on the Enterprise for the next several decades. And as far as we know, never have any sort of personal fulfillment. Well, Sulu ends up with a kid. That's true. We don't quite know the circumstances, although the way it was presented in the very non-canonical novel, The Captain's Daughter, it was kind of the result of a one-night stand that he only found out about years later. Oops. Sulu! So it's sort of, obviously the Kelvin timeline differs. But yeah, with the possible exception of Sulu, we don't really know, but like... Generations, the film, the movie Generations deals with this in a major way, because Picard yeah. loses his... Yeah. Nephew. He's very broken up about it. It feels like he wasted his life in Starfleet when he could have been starting a family. Yeah. But that's when we late. He's old. We don't really know. Like, certainly it's a bit late for any of them to start a family by, say, Star Trek VI. Yeah. And as far as we know, I mean, they don't say they don't, but there's nothing to indicate they do. You know, and it's just this... It was an interesting thought to me. Like, do any of them... You know, certainly Scotty, we know, never does end up with anybody. It's true. You know, we're not sure about anyone else. Certainly, again, in... Right, we see him in, what, DS9? TNG. TNG, okay. You know, again, in one of the books, eventually Doc finds someone, but the books don't count. Kirk, again... Well, I assume in... Doc can go back to Natira whenever he wants. Yeah, but if he does, that's never established in any sort of canonical source. It does just seem like all these people wind up married to the fleet or the job in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. I remember in, in Paradise Syndrome, like, Kirk was so, so, ha so happy mm. to to be just running around in the woods prancing with Miramani and, and not having a care in the world. Yeah. And yeah, hell, you go back even to the cage mm. and um, Pike. Yeah, Pike The first we see of Pike, he's conflict. just, yeah, super bummed to be a spaceman. Yeah. And it's this just sort of strange recurring theme. And I mean, from what little I remember of later series, it's just kind of like... None of them have personal lives unless it involves other members of Starfleet, and those don't always end well. Sorry, O'Brien. <laughs> He's the exception. I don't know. I don't. I still don't think Keiko. I mean, he did. Him. He did. Yeah, oh. he ended up with Keiko. That's not great. <laughs> she's <laughs> Keiko. She's awful to him. She's kind of a bitch. I don't remember much. So I don't know who Keiko is. She's O'Brien's <laughs> wife, and she's not very nice to him a lot of the time. She tries He's to call question. off their wedding on the day. 
That's shitty. Who does that? I mean, and made Data do it for her. Yeah, that's the cruel. <laughs> Make the robot who doesn't understand do it. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's more to it than that. But it's just yeah. this, this idea of like. It's a hard job. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it's it, you're you're in the vastness of space where yeah. your ship is the closest thing to human, like other humans you have. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not going to, like, very regularly visit other colonies or other places yeah. with any, you know, regularity or what have you. Yeah. I remember, what episode was it in? Salt Vampire episode, where Uhura is saying, oh, I feel like I'm just attached to my com all the time. I feel like I don't have, you know, a personal life anymore. Then mm. she speaks, she meets her Swahili-speaking friend. Yeah. Who just tries to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, certainly we've had other characters who are descended uh, from Starfleet people, you know, I mean, even even um, uh, Scotty's girlfriend and Zetar, they mentioned that her parents, at least one of them, was Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Starfleet couples can successfully have, you know, lot, you know, personal lives. I mean, isn't isn't Paris actually Starfleet brat? Yeah, his uh, father's an admiral. Yeah, there we go. So, I mean, it's possible. It just doesn't seem to be possible for any of our hero characters. Well, I mean, Ben Sisko has a son. That's true. Um, I mean, you know, even... it, it feels like, like you know, a military family. Like, like yeah. you take your military family, you move from base to base, you just kind of bring them with you. They don't yeah. get, to, but they even don't get then, to settle down. They ben, change schools all the time. Ben Sisko's family is, is presented to us framed immediately in tragedy. That's true. You know, like, he, ha- he has a son, but because his, you know, also his wife dies. It's not a spoiler. It's like the first five minutes of the first episode of DS9, we find out his wife is killed. That's fine. I shall leave out the details. Mm-hmm. Whoops. I wonder if there's, like, a correlation between this and, like, actual military life. Like, I wonder if there's an unusually high percentage of, like, lifelong military servicemen in this country or others in the present day who never get close to other people. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, also, though, you figure, I imagine, at least, in the military, you're not spending years and years... In outer space? In outer space. That's true. You know, I mean, that's but it is a part quite, of the problem. It is a good question, though, because, I mean, how many... You mentioned, you know, lifelong military personnel, and how many of those actually are there? Because, obviously, the bulk of the military is enlisted, and how many of them keep re-enlisting, and how many eventually are former military? It's... I mean, there is certainly, like you said, Ames, the idea of the army brat. You know, the kid who moves from base to base and blah, 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 and so on. But I mean, how how much does that actually happen, and how much is that, like, just... So obviously it's a real thing, but it's something that I feel like crops up just... It's often used in, well, fiction and television to sort of justify, here's why a character shows up for an episode or two to be sort of a love interest or a friend to the main characters, yeah. and then fuck off. That's unrealistic, or, though. Most postings are a couple years. Exactly. It's a bit silly. Or it's to justify, like, you know, a new character who maybe is kind of cool or different or edgy, because, like, oh, they're the military kids, so they're not used to making roots, which, again, like you said, sort of belies the fact that in reality they actually do settle in places for bursts at a time. Well, my cousins were army brats. Air That's Force true. brats, so. I forgot about that. Yeah, I moved, over, like, every three years. Yeah. And it's funny, because I remember wondering, like, how they would go when they grew up. Mm. Um, I was like, I wonder, like... Will they both settle down and find, like, other military people because they're used to the life? Or will they, like, remove themselves from it? And actually, both of them, one of them settled in one place and, like, went on to have, like, 
a normal life the way we sort of have a normal life, and the other one got married to another military person and will ah, presumably... 50-50 shot. Huh? Yeah, it was funny. I just thought it was interesting because I was like, I'm sure like it will be, it'll be interesting to see how this goes, and then... Because if it was me, I feel like I would want immediately to find a way to, like, settle down and, like, not have to move every three years. But, again, that's not my lived experience, so what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Hmm. And I suppose a lot of it also is just a function of television. Oh, yeah. You know, if you've got a character, if they don't have a family from the offing, then that means creating one for them during the course of the show, which means casting a new regular, semi-regular character, remembering to use them every so often. I know, especially so. in, a, in a show that, you know, doesn't always pull from previous episodes. Right. Or have any continuity levels. Yeah, and so it's hard to, like, sort of work them in an organic way, especially if, like, the other member of the family isn't Starfleet and is just a civilian, like... Matera. Yeah, how do you justify their cropping up semi-regularly, aside from just, here's a scene of Miles having dinner. Yeah. And especially in the 60s, I think they were even less worried about that. I think there is something about being television. Because if you think about it, any, any sort of workplace show where the focus of the show is the workplace, they never really go too deeply into the out-of-workplace relationships. True. Like if there's if there's they a all, all the coworkers hook up. Yeah, yes. well, yeah, that all happens. of them. That that's obviously a thing, but you know, and it's sort of the same deal. It's just because I don't think for viewers that's very interesting. Yeah, for all we know, Uhura's had lots of boyfriends that she's like seen on the ship, and yeah. we certainly know Chekhov has dated you know his fair share of ladies. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, bringing it back to Lights of Zatar, though. Yes, yeah, and, and finally, tangent. Oh, no, it's a great, it's a really interesting uh, subject. But in, in Zatar, we, of course, have, have Lieutenant Mira Romaine, yeah. who's Scotty's new love interest. And I know Jake noticed while we were watching the episode, uh, this was written by Sherry Lewis and her husband, Sherry Lewis, of Lamb Chop fame. Ugh. Luckily, this this episode had almost nothing to do with Lamb Chop. And they also did not sing the song that doesn't end. Oh, no. that fucking song. It's now in all of our listeners' heads. Thank oh, you. Oh, it certainly is. They're welcome. But she specifically wanted someone other than Kirk, Ugg, 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 to get the girl. Thank you, Sherry Lewis. The girl. Thank you. The girl. The girl. The girl. They she, did keep calling the girl. her the girl. What are you going to do about that girl over there? How's the girl doing? Have you checked on the girl? I'm with the girl, sir. Jesus she Christ. She was lost. I wonder how the girl is doing. Hey, Scotty, how's the girl doing? Yeah, that's oh, a shame she doesn't get to have name? a fucking name sometimes. Yeah. Lieutenant Lettuce. <laughs> she was cool when she started off pretty bitchy. Yeah, she was a real bitch when, like, Bones is like, hey, I noticed you passed out when we got flashed by those weird floating Christmas lights. How are you doing? Fuck you, I'm fine! Holy shit. I mean, that, I think, is somewhat justified in that this is her first major deep space mission. And she's just passed out in front of a huge chunk of the command crew. She's probably a little embarrassed and perhaps slightly concerned about her career. Yeah, but, like, does McCoy outrank her? Oh, certainly. Is she sassing someone who is way up the chain? It just seems like it seems like passing out in front of everyone and then being a tremendous bitch about it is probably not the best way to go. Yeah, I your, guess... your job, if something has happened to you in some kind of weird phenomenon, is to go to sickbed. That yeah. is the job. Yeah, that's, that is required. That's true. I also feel like the problem is like people forget that Doc is an officer. I feel like he's a doctor first to a lot of them, and they sort of forget. It's like, oh yeah, he's got like a rank and responsibility, and I have to listen to him. I like that you're making excuses for. Oh no, I just mean in general. I, I, I don't. I think this is sort of a pattern. People like to try to ignore Doc. 
I would never ignore Doc. Me either. That mm. sass and well, charm. Because you're both really hoping. Eyes and eyebrows. <laughs> you're really. Eyebrows. So you're really hoping he just orders you to bend over a table. Oh my. Yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Ames. Um, well, Scotty is very insistent the whole time that she just has space sickness. Yeah. She's getting her space legs. Yeah, you should still report that to fucking the medical officer, Scotty. Yeah. Even there's if it's a, like, oh, she's feeling nauseous. You report that. There's a, a somewhat amusing thing in Enterprise in the first season where um, the communications officer, you know, she's had the least experience in space of anyone among the, like, main crew and uh, has to request that her her quarters be swapped with somebody else on a different side of the ship because uh, her training shift, she was on a certain side and the stars going in the wrong direction is giving her motion <laughs> sickness. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good detail. I like that. Yeah. But this idea of, like, getting your space legs does eventually come up again here and there. I don't really have a lot on this episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I... F- I didn't... It just kind of happened. Like, I liked poor Scotty finally kind of getting a... Uh, a, a, a relationship of sorts. Yeah, it had a lot of very interesting parts. Like, the storm was interesting of, you know, being a, a collection of, what, like a hundred beings from Zatar yeah, looking for, like, a vessel to live in, basically. Yeah, they somehow, their their sheer pig-headedness allowed them to survive the destruction of their planet. Which, uh, fuck them. They seemed like assholes. I'm glad their civilization was destroyed. Yeah, they were monsters. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't know, though, if they've been, like, wandering as disembodied spirits for whoever knows how long... They may have turned nasty. They may have been less nasty in life. Maybe. I don't know. Well, they can go to... Like, I think we had this discussion a while ago in Return to Tomorrow. Was they should go find a robot and inhabit the robot. Yeah. Or they should, you know, go find one of iMud's many yeah. concubines. Mm-hmm. Or Oh, no. That's a fate worse than death. <laughs> they fucking deserve it. There, there are, are many ways for them to, like find themselves a vessel to live in other than kick poor Romaine out of her body. Yeah, well, they or, just, or suppress her or whatever. They just try to invade bodies and kill you if you don't let them because that's why everyone in Memory Alpha died. Cause oh, none is that of them what would, happened? Yeah, they mentioned that when they're oh. possessing Romaine and talking through her at the end is like... Oh, I just assumed it was because they weren't like suitable vessels and they no, didn't they, work right. No, they fought back. But we, when when the thing swooped onto the Enterprise and it kind of, it picked Romaine and it like went into her, everyone on the on the bridge had a different reaction to yeah. the, the lights thing. Yeah. Like, you know, Chekhov couldn't see and Nahura couldn't move her hand and a couple of people couldn't mouth words. Yep. And some of them yeah, couldn't control her, their bowels. <laughs> oh, that was unfor- unfortunate. <laughs> Get control my platter. <laughs> I can't stop peeing. <laughs> It was so funny. Ames actually is the originator of that joke, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank I you. I can never stop peeing. <laughs> Scotty's just over there like, hey, gosh, I got a boner! <laughs> <laughs> it was totally the light thing. Oh my goodness, I couldn't control it. Oh, God. It's, it, it's just gone right into the ear of that guy who was sitting in his chair. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. That's why you don't sit in Scotty's chair. <laughs> you never know when his boner will go in your ear. We've all been there. I did like him in Mira. I thought it was kind of cute. I mean, he's he he was very adorable. It was too, it was oddly he's, adorable he's considering like a, you know he's usually kind of more powerful than that. I think, but he's like a stage five clinger. <laughs> yeah, he like he hasn't had a relationship in a while. 
So he like keeps like grabbing her and shit, and it's just like yeah, there was Scott, a lot of touching. Scott, yeah, just calm down, have some chill, bro. And this is coming from someone who has no chill whatsoever. Like, try a little chill. It's funny. There's actually um, there's a deleted scene from Star Trek Beyond where Scotty mentions that he's having dinner with Lieutenant Romaine. Why would they delete that? I don't that know. That sounds like great continuity. But, and the nerds would love it. Yeah, so in theory, no, somewhere out there... No, they would have bitched about it. You know, they would no. have bitched about it. Somewhere out there, Scotty there's a... Scotty has to have a lady friend. There's a Kelvin timeline Lieutenant Romaine, assuming she survived the movie. <laughs> oh, now I've made myself sad. Anyway. Why would sorry, she not Chris. have survived the movie? Which is a, a lot of people die in that movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Aww, poor Scotty. Maybe that's why they deleted it. Oh no! So, so that there would be no it? question as to whether or not Romaine had lived. Scotty can't have happiness. The poor. I thing. mean, he then, you know, he's got Jayla though. Well, I see. Look, at the end of the day, any woman he tries to be with in the Kelvin timeline will be pushed away by Keezer or Keever or whatever the hell his name is. Oh. is Keezer. His little pet thing. Keezer? Yeah, it's his friend with the weird eyes. And mm. the snot, the venom Acidic snot. Yes. Yeah. His venom snots? I miss this He has, in the in Star Trek Beyond, he has like some kind of cold and he keeps sneezing on shit and burning holes and things. <laughs> yeah, Scotty's afraid he's going to sneeze on the warp core and cause a breach. Uh, okay, well that case, confine him to quarters. Yeah. It ends You're up sick, you stay in bed. Uh, anyway, back to the original timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I agree. There, there was, it was an interesting episode, but there was a lot of a lot of filler. Like there was yeah. like a five minute riveting button pushing scene. <laughs> a lengthy... Investigation in the boardroom. Whenever they have to resort to one of those, you know there's been trouble. Mm. Oh no. And thank goodness, though, that during that lengthy investigation, you know, the, the lights respectfully kept their distance. Like, no, no, we understand. You have to pad the episode. We'll wait here. Yeah, who was Someone called up and being like, oh, we're, we're still, like, I think it was Sulu saying, yeah. we're still floating, we're still driving around. Yeah, keep going. It's fine. Like, and then when it is narratively convenient, sir, it's breaking orbit or whatever. It's, it's moving closer. Something. It's like, oh, oh, time for the story to kick in again. Go! <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it didn't. You know, it wasn't awful, it wasn't great. It was decent. It wasn't meh. Mm. What did you well, think, Jake? I was kind of indifferent to it. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't... It felt, like I said in the intro, it felt kind of like a mashup between other episodes we'd seen before. Mm-hmm, cause mm-hmm. It, it tread a lot of the same ground. I mean, really, the only new piece to it was giving Scotty a girlfriend, which, you know, that's nice. And we'll never see her again. And we'll never see her again, so uh, not that nice. What was nice was it seemed reciprocal this time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Un- unlike in the Apollo episode. Oh, where yeah, where she was really just, wasn't like, into it. lusting after her, her forever, True. and he was she was just kind of like... Okay, I'm going to cheat on you with Apollo now, bye. Well, I wasn't cheating because she wasn't really No, 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 she I mean, wasn't. And, like, there's even whole scenes where everyone else is like, poor, poor Scotty, Scotty. just doesn't get it. Is it possible that Scotty is just taking advantage of this poor young woman because it's her first time in space and he's playing the I'll show you around kid move? Oh, yeah, it's totally possible, but I don't want to believe that of Scotty. I don't think he's willingly, I don't think he's knowingly Intentionally. Yeah. I think he thinks he's being a nice guy. Like a fedora-wearing nice guy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd like to think their meeting happened a little more organically just because there's really no reason he should be the one showing her around. She's a scientist. He's engineering, like... Mm. Yeah, I feel like there may have been... I I may have, like, noted something that she was originally supposed to be, like, his his new ensign or something. His new, like, assistant. Really? And that would have made it oh, that would have made clearer it really... why she would follow him around. But yeah, also no. make it a lot creepier. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. definitely better that she Fucking became a scientist. Fucking the secretary is not cool. 
Yeah, no, it's, I, I'm I mean, glad that was a good change. Cool, but it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Hi, puss. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, we did have Return of the Pressure Chamber, which was Yeah, fun. I think our third or fourth appearance of it in all these years. Yeah, what fucking... What was the theory there? Like, ah, oh, there's aliens inside of her, so we're gonna... Squeeze them out yeah. like <laughs> juice from an orange. Yeah. And we're it worked. Gonna, we're like, gonna make lemonade out of the lemons that life has they handed us today. being squeezed. They hate hugs. These aliens hate being hugged. We could move through solid matter until right now when we are crushed to death. Why? Yeah, that was odd. It was a little weird. The resolution was strange. Well, at least it's better than the days when there are no resolutions. That's true. Mm. But yeah. I, I of course, mean, the resolution yeah. is they were they were just crushed to death and then, what, they disappeared in there? Yeah. They vanished? Yeah. They're gone now? They turned into diamonds. She'll poop Ooh. out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> That is a spot. They turned into kidney stones. Oh. She'll have to pass. Actually, here's a, I bet. I'm sure Doc got a pill for that. No, no, not oh, even that. Saying. You know what? In the future, they just beam them out of you. Smart. That's a good point. You probably just go in. You're like, you have to remain perfectly still. Or I, they have, have a, the... They have a thing for that, I'm sure. Mm. They not probably yeah. You just they just hold Tom you down. Just hypo you. Or or maybe that it's a it's a two part thing. You get a hypo, which somehow highlights. You know, a medicine goes into the stones that sort of highlights into the transporters. So they can be a little more imprecise. Pew, pew. You know, it's fine. But yeah, I'm sure they just transport them right out of you. Not even, not even a big deal. Interesting. That or they just shoot you full of some kind of nanites that break them down and you piss them out later. Maybe. Or maybe they just have diets or whatever that prevent them from forming. Yeah, in the first place. yeah that's true. That's true. Well, but most of the people get kidney stones because they don't drink enough water, right? I think that's Some people just have a predisposition to them, too. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, but maybe there's, but there's probably some other way to prevent it with medicine. I'm sure in the future. Yeah. Yeah. If Doc can regrow Take a kidney with a pill, I'm sure I've got something. I mean, nobody has nobody has to wear glasses except for Kirk. Yeah. Anyone else? Who's when allergic? does Kirk wear glasses? Star Trek Two. He's uh, allergic to retinax. Oh, okay. Well, at least there's a yeah, reason. Yeah, but you're telling me that they don't have a workaround for that as well. Maybe well, retinax they don't have is relatively. LASIK. Apparently, they don't have LASIK either. Well, because it's like the Simpsons told us in that one episode, we eventually realized that, you know, ten years later your eyes fall out. <laughs> I did always think LASIK was horrifying. It is a horrifying idea. Uh, Doubly so now. You know who I bet loves getting kidney stones? Assuming they can. What? Klingons. Ugh. It's probably like a huge rite of passage for them. Like, Ugh. getting through them without screaming too much. It's like, Claw! Mm. Yes, Doctor. You have kidney stones. Yes! Mm. It's a big public display. You like go up. It's like I'm passing mine today. Watch me not tear up like a child. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) They probably go out of their way to get that shit. (laughs) I haven't had a glass of water for weeks. I I mean, there's one one way to get into Stovacore. So, I don't know, we're sort of meandering a little. Ames, you seemed eager to be cross at Requiem for Methuselah. Requiem for Methuselah is absurd. And here's many reasons why. Let me list to you the lives that Flint admits to that he's had. What's that? It's doing like a requiem y so he admits to being Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. He re- admits to being Brahms, mm-hmm. the the composer. Uh, King Solomon. Sure. Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. Lazarus. Methuselah, characters from the Bible who 
probably were just freaking stories. Mm-hmm. Merlin the magician, yeah, which yeah. is unusual. Definitely a real person. We also totally real and, and a magician. We all know the seventh Doctor was Merlin, but <laughs> well, you know what it is about Merlin though. I feel like there's sorry to interrupt you. Oh no, go ahead. But I feel like there's a shocking number of people who don't realize that Arthur is not actually a historic figure. That's hmm. true. Sadly, that's fine. He's in that. Uh, there's a new Arthur movie with the guy from Sons of Anarchy on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he admits he, he, he met Moses, yeah. Socrates, mm-hmm. and Galileo. Yeah. For, for one guy out of all the fucking people on Earth, he knew and met too many famous people. That's too many. That's way too many people. Well, to maybe he's just, you know, maybe it's a situation where because he is so aged and so knowledgeable and smart that wherever he is, you know, he's just doing. He's always in the right place at the right time. Well, no, I mean, maybe the maybe it's the right place and right time because he's there. Yeah. Mm. Alternately, he didn't say when he like maybe he's like like hanging out at a bar and some guy's like I think I can sail around the world and he's and he's like oh really Mister Galilee eh what oh no Magellan sailed around (laughs) yeah I was gonna say (laughs) wrong one Galileo figured out that the uh, sun was the center of the universe maybe yeah yeah I had Merlin and Galileo (laughs) there's a lot going on and then I went there's a lot going on in this episode but yeah the thing he doesn't mention when he knew them so it could be they were already well known and he was like I want to meet these people. I don't know. And it, I mean, I mean getting, at those times, it was not easy, like, just getting around. Like, oh, if I'm in fucking Methuselah land, because Methuselah, Methuselah lived like 900 years, because hmm. the Bible thought that was a thing that could happen. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to just go check out where Merlin is up in Britain or wherever the fuck. Yeah. I mean, I guess, although... If this man managed to always be at the center of art and culture... I don't know. He would, I'm very it, dubious. There's no reason to assume he wouldn't have been in Italy during the Renaissance. Wouldn't be banging around Central Europe during, like, the Baroque era and all that. Well, plus, he was a, he was hundreds of other names you might not have heard. Yeah. So, who knows who else he was. He could have been... I'm telling you, the motherfucker was Hitler and just didn't tell him. Because yeah. he was like, oh, that one didn't go over well. Oh, Spock would have loved it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't Spock know. would have been like, tell me that. more. Yeah, really, <laughs> Spock was already like... Spock was like, play, Spock, like playing the piano. He's like, ah, oh, this is a previously unknown Wagner. Spock already had a pretty tremendous boner for this guy, so I think if he, he said admitted he, he was Hitler, he probably... Almost feeling envy. Well, that's because he thought that this guy owned all these amazing treasures, when in fact he was all of those treasures. Yeah, which I mean, fucking hell. And like, why would, like, I feel like I had seen this episode many years ago, and I seem to have remembered it being more about Flint than about Kirk and the girl. Yeah, all of the Flint stuff comes up literally in the last, what, five minutes? Yeah, I mean, it's like hinted at throughout. Yeah, so you're really waiting for the reveal to come far earlier. Yeah. I didn't even catch on to the reveal. I figured he just because he was so old, he had collected things. Yeah, see, I knew Too I knew about the reveal because uh, I don't I don't know if you if uh, Chris and Caitlin have seen the Man from Earth, which is a two thousand Earth. Earth. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Welcome the, to man, the from man from Earth. I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a two thousand and seven movie. Uh, friends of mine really really love it. Jake and I watched it last night in preparation for Terrible. for talking about it today. Terrible, 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 terrible. Um, but it's only about the you know the old man character. In fact, the character's name is John Oldman. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But Any that relation to Gary Oldman? And like the movie. Brothers. I'm just going to talk about this movie for a little bit. Yeah, do it, okay. do it. So it's filmed, it looks like it's filmed on a camcorder. Good, Ooh. good. Like the quality of the taping is not good. The music's terrible. The music's terrible. Oh, the so lighting bad, so bad. is bad. It, the casting though, so it has the guy that played Phlox in, a, in a Enterprise. Weird really? In it. Huh. The guy that plays Kern uh, and also old Jake Sisko. Okay. in it, and the guy that played Bataille in The Inner Light was in it. So it's the old guy. Inner Light. It's the one where Picard gets hit by oh, a Oh, with the flute. Yeah, with the flute. So it's got a bunch of Trek actors in it. That's funny. And it was also written by this Trek author, you know, this writer, yeah. the guy that wrote Jerome, this, Jerome, Jerome Bixby. Bixby, who wrote this episode, also huh. wrote this movie. So this was really an idea he wants to explore yes. in a big way. It, but the movie is so poorly made like it ah oh, it's it's like one of those movies give, give us the gist Jake so the the gist is here's the brief synopsis too late so so the idea is that this guy is a college professor and he's having a going away party at his cabin with all of his other college professor friends because he's leaving the university and never going to be seen again. They're never going to see him again. They have this big blowout at his uh, at his cabin. So they all show up, and then he's like, "Hey, listen, so I want to tell you guys something. You know, you've noticed that I never age, that I've worked here for ten years, and I look the same as I did when I started." Well, oh, he's awfully vain. Thinking yeah. they've noticed. Well, no, they actually somebody mentions it. You haven't aged a day. And then, like, somebody finds, like, oh, you have this old, this ancient artifact. Where'd you get this? He's like, I got it at a thrift store. And then someone else is like, here's a book on cavemen. Yeah. He's got a Van Gogh, I think, too. Oh, yeah. He's got a Van Gogh. Someone's like, oh, that's a nice Van Gogh painting that you own. That's a nice Van Gogh. <laughs> uh, that he's just going to get thrown into the bed of his truck, too. Like, not even covered or anything. Um <laughs> So, and then he's like, well, you've noticed all this weird shit about you, so let me tell you what. I was born somewhere around 14,000 years ago. I'm a caveman, and I just never, I aged to about 35. I'm and, supposed to stop aging at 30. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and I've been, I've been living a lot, I've been, I've been living since then as, at this age. Yeah. And, you know, so... Every 10 years or so, when people start to realize it's weird that I haven't aged, I have to move on and start a new life. And I tell them all my story. Well, he says that this is the first time he's told everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So of course it's all... my first time. He's just trying to make them feel special. <laughs> so you never forget I think he's full time. of shit, naturally. And then the movie is really just his college professor friends trying to gotcha him yeah they just grill him for an hour and a half and like he's got an answer for everything and everything's a moralizing bullshit and you know he it's just it's boring it's just a boring thing and then and then yes and then yes um they're like so uh so they're like oh have you ever been anybody you know that we would have heard of before uh like anybody any like you mentioned that you that you studied with the buddha do you, were you anybody from, like, religious history that we would know? And he's like, well, there was this time when I was trying to teach the Romans and the Jews about Buddha. So I became a teacher. 
And they didn't, and the Romans didn't really go for it, so they crucified me. You are not. And then they like put me in a tomb, but of course I didn't die, so I had to leave the tomb in the middle of the night a couple days later. And my friends, they (laughs) saw me as I was leaving, and I had to make up some shit about ascending to the Father. So you really? So I just went. Then I went to Europe. It's like. so the, and like of course there's you know and they, of course like everybody all the other characters in this film it might have been called John Oldman and the Strawman because everybody else there that sounds like a good band yeah it does because everybody else there was like purposely designed to have some issue with the thing he was talking about just like Plato's out of Republic. out of personal problems like this woman that was super religious and believes the literal bible what you're saying is blasphemy yeah like lays God, into him like you can't her. Be Jesus. oh she was the worst and then and i'm going to spoil the ending cuz it's not worth not spoiling the ending do it cuz you shouldn't watch this movie well and also 10 years is probably long enough to yeah so they invite over the other professors who are like man john's really lost it we should call over that psych professor who's this other guy. So they call over the psych professor who flips his shit and pulls a gun on him and is like, yeah, you really think you're fucking old? You fucking, you don't know shit. You don't know shit, motherfucker. And then he leaves and then they're like, oh yeah, the reason he's so upset is because his wife died yesterday. And everyone's like, oh, why the fuck did you invite him over? Jesus. Yeah, um, Jesus, you have some experience. Yeah, why did you invite him over, Jesus? So anyway, the, the angry guy comes back later. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I went off the handle. I'm sorry rough. I pointed a gun at yeah, you. Yeah, it's been a rough couple days. Thanks My wife died. The and then the in the end of the movie, he's like, you know, finally... John Oldman is like, you know what, guys? You're right. I was. It was all just a thought experiment. I was just trying to see how far I could take it, and I took it a little too far. And everyone's like, ah, good one, John. You know that you're an asshole, but we still love you. See, ya. and everyone leaves, and it's left with him and his girlfriend and the old guy that tr- pulled the gun on him. And um, the old guy is about to leave, and the girl's like, you know, I know you weren't lying. So just get, you know, I know you're just saying that for them. And he's like, yeah, you know. And she's like, have you had any other punny names? Like, you know, right now you're John Oldman. And then he's like, yes. When I was about 60 years ago, when I was in Boston, I played, I was, my name was John Boston Tea Party. (laughs) John Tea Party. John Tea Party. Party, you know, like the Boston Tea Party. What? That's a bad pun. That's a terrible the pun. Of the movie. No, well, no, and, then, and, and then the old psychology professor, the guy that pulled the gun on him, comes out and is like, "Wait, party? My father was a professor in Boston named John T. Party." What? And then he like hugs him and is like, "It's okay." <laughs> and he's like, "Why did you leave, Daddy?" And he's like, "I left because." Because, you know, people were noticing that I never got older. And then the old guy drops dead. What? <laughs> Jesus. And that's the end of the movie. See, that, that, that the one saving grace is that, you know, there was a mention of, you know, if an old, old, old man, you've, you've lived so long that you don't really have new experiences anymore. The one thing I thought was interesting was this is the first time he's seen one of his children die. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Still, Requiem for for Methuselah, (laughs) infinitely better to that trash. (laughs) So, I, like, first of all, if I ever leave 
my job in such a way that I'm leaving the place I work completely and not just going to a different section or something, I'm totally pulling that. <laughs> I'm just sitting down. You're going to wave a gun around? I'm actually you're gonna be you're gonna, I know you've noticed that I haven't been aging and everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you lost a shitload of hair, dickhead. Oh, um, poor babe. But yeah, Selective like, shaving people. Yeah, it's like oh. Pete Campbell in that one season of Mad Men. They wanted to make it look like he was losing his hair. So... Uh, Fuck, joke aside. Uh, oh, yeah, that whole thing. Like, every 10 years, like, look, I've worked in my office for just shy of 10 years now. Yikes. And, yeah. That's old, isn't it? You feel old? A little. Yeah. And, like, people I work with there, like, for example, the guy who was my first supervisor, he's still there, but I'm in a different position. The only indication he has gotten older is his hair has gone from sort of, like, mostly dark with a little white to mostly gray with a little dark. So if he had simply dyed his hair, he would look exactly the same to me mm. you know like and a lot of the other staff again like aside from very minor things some of them don't look at all different 10 yeah, years yeah. But is, 10 years is one thing but you couldn't stick around for 20 no years. but i just think like saying so in 10 years like no no one looks that different over the course of 10 years yeah, unless 12, like 12 to 15 years maybe yeah but 10 years it's like i'm thinking of people i've known that long and it's like not seeing a huge difference I bet if you looked at pictures, you would see it. Sure. Yeah, but most people aren't looking That's what I mean. Like, most people aren't gonna do that. You know, they're going to mostly think, like, they look more or less, you know. Yeah, it's really the, I I was actually actually literally Jesus. That's like, oh, (laughs) fuck you. Even if he'd just been one of the apostles, that would have been a little less ridiculous. Even then, but it, it, it spurred this really annoying, repetitive, like, just blah dis- di- discussion with the religious lady mm-hmm. who's like oh god god works in mysterious ways you can't be jesus but god works in mysterious ways apparently Ugh. also how is that guy a caveman and now he just looks like a homo sapien well that's the th- well, well because he was he shaved cro-magnon so oh, they're technically okay. the same species sure but what i don't get right is if he's maybe i don't know a lot about ancient anthropology but I didn't think there were any white people 14,000 years ago. That's a good question. Like, I don't know. My impression was that that was something that came later a- after the Ice Ages when people started moving into Europe. I have no idea. I don't if, even know when the Ice Ages were. If so. anyone listening does know answers to that, please, for the love of God, tell us on our Facebook page, A Star to Steer Her By. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't, maybe I don't, I don't like I said. I don't yeah, I don't know either. That's a thing. Um, was anybody else like super creeped out by the fact that this guy wanted to totally bone this robot that he was pretending to? Well, he made a robot. Of course, he wants to bone it. Well, I, just I mean, mean you think the guy that invented the flashlight doesn't use no, it? No, it's just that like in <laughs> this the is be- for educational purposes only. What are you people doing? In the beginning, he was like, "Oh yeah, I raised her from babyhood." And well, that was just a cover for. I know, but like, if you're gonna be actively trying to bang her, maybe don't say that. Well, he wasn't planning on trying to actively bang her in front of them. But we then... don't know. Does she know she's a robot until until they tell her? She doesn't her? seem to. No. Yeah, because I was otherwise gonna say like, why not just say, oh, this is my robot lady fuck puppet. Uh, fuck puppet. Yikes. Wow. Teach her love for me, please, Kirk. Damn it, Kirk! You are not a magical cock. Mm. Apparently, listen, it's not his fault. He's not writing the scripts. <laughs> well, eventually. He oh writes my god, the script, that's what it is. All those trips across the galactic barrier, we keep saying no one's gotten powers. They gave Kirk his magical cock. Wow. And every trip through strengthens it. 
That's right. How many women has he taught to love now? It's too uh, many. Too many. Too many. Too fucking many. Especially because I don't think he knows what love is. I want to know, know what love is. Wow. I want her to show me. I want her to bone me. <laughs> wow. Neat. <laughs> yeah, this overall, this episode left me pretty cold. I loved the little robot friend. Yeah, the little, little M- Nomad Junior. M4 or 5, M4. 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 We're Baby pretty nomad. sure that his bottom half was Nomad's head turned upside down. Yep. There was a colander involved. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Which So Nomad's head has got around. Because yeah. he was also Part of a Romulan uh, cloaking device. device. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Good for Nomad. I do yeah. love Nomad. Yeah, good if he's still getting work. Didn't get typecast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure he was an episode of Gilligan's Island at some point. As a coconut. Yeah, I was telling Ames the other day, um, this other podcast I listened to, it's uh, called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. And it's like a skeptical... Uh, like Guide a, to the Universe? Yes. It's like, it's like uh, it's, it's great. It's a I mean, if you're, if, Yeah, like if you're show. into like rational thought, it's well worth checking out. Mythbusters the podcast? Yeah, but they just really talk. It's a talk podcast. But anyway, so it's good. But you one, can't of the, blow one of the things segments, up. I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's not an exploding one podcast. One of the segments that they do on it every now and again is they play a like a random sound clip that somebody sends in. And the, other, and the challenge is by next week's episode, you're supposed to email them to guess mm. what it is. And um, a couple weeks ago, and I always listen to them delayed, so it's like this is from several weeks ago, probably at this point. They're, they're like, okay, well, what's on the guess the noise segment? And it was, it, and like the second it started talking, it was like, it was like, this unit is perfect. And I was like, <laughs> I know who that is! It's my old friend, the Nomad! Yay! Aww. Nomad, the chastity robot like who doesn't was... want want uh, Chica to get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. The chastity Dana. robot. Yeah, way to go. Funny. Dot, dot matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even better was even even Spock has to tell Kirk. Kirk, stop thinking about the lady. We have a fucking job to do. People are dying of Rigelian spe- fever. Yeah, literally. And you're just dancing a waltz with this chick. Like it literally kills motherfuckers within 24 hours. They said like. They just spend there a lot some of time, like having drinks, yep. playing pool, dancing. Eh, they got five more hours. Let them sweat for a while. But yeah, I guess they did have to wait for the medicine to get made. And then why was the medicine poison the first time? It wasn't poison. It was inert. Oh, because of a uh, some random element. Was that, that was something in that that they did intentionally? That uh, it, it sounds like that Methuselah there might have slipped it in. Yeah. To, what, to prolong them until Chico learns how to love? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, she hasn't figured out kissing yet. Uh, Nomad, take your time. We're never going to get to blowjobs at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> Son uh, of a bitch. So, speaking of Spock and all that, let's talk about the only sort of... Not interesting, because it was horrifying, part of the episode. Interesting horrifying? His completely... Fucking with Kirk's mind at the end without Kirk knowing. Oh my god, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That did not need to be in the episode. Nope. They nope. could have just ended it and not done that. Yeah. Spock's but, so, a bit of a mind reader. Expl- explanation is that at the end of the episode, Kirk, who, as we recall, has overcome magical love tears and basically has... Uh, Miramani, his Miramani, wife. Has, his pregnant dead wife. Ooh. Has managed to, to fall out of love with every woman he's ever met, even if the last time they saw each other was three years, two months, and some odd number of days ago. Uh, 
this fucking robot who, first of all, he has to be in total denial about in the end. He's like, no, she's human. She understands love. She must be human. And it's like, no, she's not. She's still a fucking robot. You're just Kirk. justifying wanting to bang her. And that's fine. That's okay. If, you, if you're into robo love, girl, get it. But like, it's not being denial, Kirk, okay? Yeah. The, the, the hair plugs... And the girdle shirt, the shirtle, are enough. We don't need to also decide that this this robot's a Oof. person. Anyway, hey, telling it like it is. He is so in love with the perfect woman that Galileo Galilei over here has come up with that he's like in a depression and he can't get over it and he's he's sleeping with his head on his. Yeah, he fell desk. asleep at his but desk. Have you, but have you seen those? Knockers? No, no. She had great tits. She had great everything, and her dress was really yeah. nice. And she I was smart. It. Her, her hair awesome. was brilliant. Great yeah. hair. Loved she had her a nice hair. skin. She was just. She was beautiful. Very attractive. She was. Played she was a great gorgeous. game of billiards. Yeah. Oh, I loved that bit of like gender role reversal where she's like, "Let me teach you how to play billiards," because it's always guys like mm-hmm. macking on women yeah. like here. That's Let true. Me show that was pretty good. Hold the cue. I kind of like well, that. Well, that's why Kirk fell in love with her. He's never been handled by a yeah. woman like that. So he's so in love with her that after she she dies from being too in love with him, he's so in in such a deep level of mourning that it would be much better if he could just forget her. And Spock mind melds his way in to make him forget. Yep. I presume oh, just God. make him sort of forget his feelings as opposed to the whole mission. Otherwise, people are going to notice that something's wrong. Oh, my. Who really knows? Like, presumably he just sort of That's dulled... That's between Spock and not Kirk, because he Kirk doesn't remember. Yeah. Well, and the worst part is, like, it's this whole... Doc gives this whole... Like, it's a poorly written, but Doc does it very well, because he's Doc. Oh, I love him. Speech about how, like, you know, Spock, you'll... You'll never know the little joys and the losses and this. And it's like the the joyous victories and the yeah. It's a speech. It's a really good speech that comes kind of out of nowhere and feels a little forced in the episode. But DeForest Kelly delivers it really well. Obviously, and it kind of almost looked like I was sort of just hoping it was going to be a nice, sweet, quiet moment where maybe because Kirk has just fallen asleep at his desk, maybe Spock's gonna like grab a blanket or something, put it over his shoulders, or something really sweet like that. Spock at least understands love as friendship, but instead it's just like. Gonna scramble your brain. Well, and and he's I, like, oh! I had actually wondered initially, too, when he reached out for the mind meld, if instead of erasing the memory, he was gonna try to feel it. Mm. Because he was like, fucking Doc, I'll show him. I'm yeah. gonna know what it's like. You know what I mean? I wanna know what love Yeah, is. but not Kirk. You don't wanna know what Kirk's love no, is. No, that's Kirk's true. love is kind of weird. It's what you do Yeah, but that was... It's covered in herpes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that that bit was really like, especially because I thought it was gonna be something really sort of sweet and gentle, and instead it became horrifying. Yeah, it's kind of dark. Also, what a fucking hypocrite being all bitchy because Doc hypoed him the other week. This seems a lot worse. This is like a fucking violation of yes everything. I mean, yeah, no, it's really screwed up. I mean, mind melding in general is pretty violating. Oh, incredibly, but at least. Some yeah, most of the time, time people consent to it. You know. Yeah, usually it's for a good purpose. This is it's. It's unclear. It's a weird gray area. I mean, the problem is I think Spock... No, not even going there. (laughs) Go there. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm at all defending his actions. All right. Like, clearly he means well. Yeah. But he could not have gone about it worse if he tried. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I I'm beating him to death. I've that no, would have been better. <laughs> fish islands. Yeah. <laughs> I have no doubt that he his heart was in the right place, and I think it's his no. Where's his liver supposed to be? Fair for a Vulcan, his heart's in the right place. Um, actually, that's a good question. Is his heart in a wrong place for a Vulcan and a human because he's kind of both? Mm. What a weird jumble uh, maybe, of shit that would be. Maybe his, it's in his butt or in his testicles. 
<laughs> and his testicles are behind they, his knee. His, his testicles beat. Not everyone oh, keeps no. their genitals no. in the same place. Is that's that true. from five? Six. 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 Okay. But Wait. like, but I also what? just think <laughs> that's an actual line. In one I of just movies. kicked him in the knee. What's his problem? Not all species keep their balls, genitals in the same place. Oh dear. Yeah. I thought six was supposed to be a good one. Oh, it's, it's not. It's not great. It's okay. Oh, that's it's weird. Weird. Yeah, it's alright. I don't really love six, but I, like six. I also don't remember anything about six. The but six I feel good. like I don't like. Didn't like it. It's also got a good mind meld rape scene. Yikes! Good. Like actual rape or Ow. I won't spoil it, but Spock has to literally suck the thoughts out of somebody who's unwilling to give up the goods. What the fuck, dude? Spock this is, is gonna a be fuck. Fun. But yeah, I uh, to get away from all that. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the problem is is because like Spock doesn't understand what it is to be human. That like maybe he like doesn't even really see what he's done as being bad. Like maybe he sees it very black and white. Like if I, it's if, logical. If, yeah, it's if logical. X, then if, Y. Yeah, you know? If the captain can't function well because he's haunted by this thought, then I should. Then I, it is my responsibility as his friend and first officer to, you know, cure him of that. Mm. It's still just. Oh yeah, it's goddamn. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Spock should have known better. He definitely should. He has a human mother. It won't ever be addressed naturally because this is episodic television. Oh, yeah, no. Well, and, I mean, Kirk may never know what happened to him. Ever. No. So, here's my theory, then. So, sometime after the events of uh, Lights of Zatar, girl breaks uh, Scotty's Scotty's heart, and Spock mind melds the pain away, and that's why we never hear of uh, of that relationship again. This goes back to our earlier discussion. It's all come full circle. They're all perfectly happy because every time their heart is broken, Spock just... Is Spock happy? He doesn't need to. He's he, all that's Spock true. feeds on the sad feelings of others. <laughs> so every time he does it, it just makes him feel He's better. like He's like the pinwheel monster from Day of the Dove, only with sad. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. There was one great little bit out of Requiem for Methuselah where where Flint somehow takes the Enterprise and makes a tiny little three-foot yeah. model on his desk. But everyone inside is frozen, so when Kirk looks in <laughs> and you see a giant Kirk on the view screen... <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, but the really sad thing is, like, no one on the bridge is, like, animate. They're all, like, like frozen. Yeah, it's too uh, bad. So they can't see. Yeah, no, it would be kind of great to just see Scotty like, What the fuck? <laughs> when he saw Kirk's giant eyes. Ooh. Where the fuck? Like, I know he's been everywhere, but where did he get that technology? That's some high-end yeah, shit. He's Merlin, weird. dude. He doesn't need tech. He's got magic. What are you even asking these questions <laughs> That's, for? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was a yeah. stupid question. Seriously. No, it wasn't. It was stupid a good question for a stupid episode. Well, I mean, in some ways, you know... Going back to the comparison with the man from Earth, that's one thing that the man from Earth did a little better, I'd say, is that they didn't make him Superman. They didn't give him superpowers yeah. or super intelligence or super strength. He just had more time. He just had more time and, yeah. And had been Jesus. And had been Jesus. Whereas in this show, like, for some reason, Flint was... Crazy super, strong. Crazy strong, crazy smart. Had super magical abilities. Could build robots. Could build robots. The best robots. Like, they actually say in The Man from Earth, one of the lines that I think uh, Kern says, uh, the actor that plays Kern, I should say, says uh, something like, oh, he can't, you know, no no matter what, he can't be better than the best of humanity, Hmm. right? Whereas Flint, evidently, is just a superhuman, period. Yeah. 
He owns he owns that he owns this planet. Yep. And the Enterprise says, Oh well we need, you know, whatever fucking chemicals to make the uh, cure, the, the cure for, for disease. Uh, they go down there thinking it's, you know, uninhabited and he's got a shield that says it's uninhabited. But he had purchased this planet as a different, you know, yeah, identity person. of himself. How did the fucking Starfleet not have this planet marked like, oh, this is so and so's planet, he owns it? Crazy old Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Lives in the woods, writes novels every couple of years. Always good for a laugh. Yeah, I don't, Why does I don't he know. need a giant fucking castle for him and his fuck puppets? Um, lots of different places he's, to fuck, duh. He's got a lot of crap he's collected over the years, and he ain't throwing out any of it. Like, That's he's just a hoarder that has the money for a big enough house. Before he built the love dolls, he definitely <laughs> had sex with... Mark IV, M4, right? Oh, totally. Aw, poor Nomad. Like, that's why M4 was got upset. <laughs> oh, man, was it, you're it was because right. he, was, he was jealous of the girl. It's like, I want... That's the, that's the love story I want. He the love loves between me. M4 and Flint. Flint. Yeah. It's the love story we all want, really. Yeah. yeah. I want to know what love is. <laughs> also, I want to give you pasta. And her name was Chopek, right? Yes, or Cop. It was the it was the reverse of, of Chopek because the it was like a C where the K should be or some no. shit. But it was definitely oh, yeah, it was a because, reference oh, to yes, Carl Chopek. It certainly was. Who, if you do not know who Carl Chopek it was, he was the Czech playwright who invented the word robot. Um, mm-hmm. Here's a question. Why does Spock know what Brahms' handwriting looks like? Uh, Did we ask this yet? Why do tricorders everything? Uh, why are tricorders able to analyze art to see if they're an original Da Vinci using mm. using the same brush strokes that Da Vinci? Oh, once did. this this canvas was made more recently than it would have been in Da Vinci's time. <sighs> well, that Good I would actually you. buy. Nah, 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 being nah. able to tell like how old something was, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean that you could tell, but like knowing. That the handwriting was Brahms, like really. And, I, and that one, if the computer had known that, okay, sure, you know. Brahms he's a just, musical historian. Apparently, he's a musical historian and knows a lot about Native American arrowheads. Mm. Well, he does play instruments, so apparently, it sort yeah. of makes sense. Yeah, he plays well, like the, with the lyre. And the piano, well, that's new. he suddenly plays the piano. That's new. Well, I mean, I, I really wish there's an episode somewhere he just busts out into a mad sax solo. <laughs> yes. It's like, Great. Him and maybe when, he was in, solo. when him and Riker meet in TNG, it's like, ah, the trombone. Truly one of the most dulcet instruments in the galaxy. I, however, prefer. Meat, I, I know, that's the real shame because yeah. he would have busted out his uh, alto sax and they would have. Yeah, they would have gotten down Yanni style. Well, before we sign off. Uh, we've got a bit of a project we're going to be doing. Surprise! Woo! Surprise! And I guess, uh, Ames, you want to sort of explain it? Not really, but I, 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 I could. So, seeing as we're, we're, we'll be wrapping up TOS pretty soon. We only got a couple episodes left at this point. Pretty, pretty, pretty. pretty, pretty. pretty yeah, really, it's only like, what, four soon. or five more actual episodes, isn't yep. it? We got, four. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. two. Three. three. This is episode 38. Thirty. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, is it? Yeah. Oh, it is three. Yeah. So three episodes left. Um, Our episodes or Star Trek episodes? Our episodes. Oh, okay. Five. Five TOS episodes. Yeah. So. yeah. Yes. Um, and we wanted to to close out TOS with a with a little project. Uh, and since the four of us dabble in writing every so often, we wanted to do a little a little fanfic. 
I don't, I don't know what we'll write yet, so we wanted to give ourselves some prompts. So what we did is we took uh, the principal crew of the, the original series, put all their names in a hat, and then we put a whole bunch of random characters, uh, people we've all liked throughout the series or, or had a connection to, or just thought would be funny to bring up again, put them in another, in another hat, and we're going to pick and see what, what people we're going to put in our stories. So are we going to reveal them as we draw them? Yeah, yes. let's reveal them as we draw them, because okay. I think we can, we can have some fun with this. Alright, Ames, you go first. Oh man, I get to go first. Ladies first. Which bitch. one's good? Not that one. This one's no, good. No, not that one. So this, these are... Did you fold the McCoy one a special way so you'd know? I, I did all the folding. <laughs> you bitch. No, I folded the first one, but the first one was Kirk. Kirk. yeah. I folded all, right. all uh-huh. the others. Uh-huh. Alright, alright. Uh, so these are the crew members. So my first crew member is Spock. Sorry, Jake. I know you love him. Get it, I Caitlin. totally wanted to write a story about him visiting Nazi Germany. <laughs> All right, here we <laughs> go. It's already happened. I got a hoorah. Sweet. Get it, Jake. Get it. Right, but I... don't get McCoy because we'll kill you. Chapel. Ah. Nice. Hey, sexy ladies. We got. We got Chris. I don't know. I'm afraid if I got McCoy, you'll just both murder me. Oh, thank God, Sulu. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one too. Alright, I'll let Caitlin do the next one. What? Why me? You. Oh, we're we just going we'll just in a circle. We'll just keep going in order. Alright, we'll yeah, go yeah, in yeah. a circle. Alright. It's no more fair than not fair. It's a yeah, circle, it's all Kirk. <laughs> Alright. Circle, Kirk. <laughs> Thank you. Here we go. And my other one is Chekhov! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spock and Chekhov. That actually go makes, that makes a fair amount of sense, though. They do kind of hang out together. They do. They do. Alright. One less chance for glory. Oh, I got Kirk. Kirk and McCoy. Bastards. Who will it be now? Scotty. Chris, you monster! I got McCoy and Sulu. Oh, you got a good, you got so a good I got draw. Scotty and Chapel. Interesting. That is interesting. I have no idea maybe, where you can go with that. Maybe they'll have a little relationship. So now, explain to me this part a little vague. Are we just taking one from? I, I the... think two. Let's do two, and, right. and and also let them let them have have. Some fun together. I don't All know right. what they'll do. Now, to explain, whereas we only had eight crew, you know, we, we did the principles plus chapel to make it eight, so we each have two. With the extras, we did, I think, 16. 16. So there's more in the hat than we can possibly draw. Yeah, we'll pick two each, and let's see who we've got. Here's one. It, jumped, <laughs> it, it jumped out at me, so it must really want me. And it is a sentient cloud. Yes! Nice. <laughs> Any any sentient cloud well, that remember, you choose. That can be also like the guardian or whatever she was called. It could even shit. be the lights of Zatar. I got Finnegan. Yes, <laughs> nice. yes. I fucked myself. You got I'm Kirk saying. though. You got Kirk and Finnegan. Oh, oh my god, it's perfect. That's great. That is good. Like I can't imagine having Finnegan with anybody. But That's Kirk. true. That's true. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. I get Rand. Oh, nice. Lucky bastard. Chapel and Rand. I get I get the ladies. I get Scotty. Yeah, oh, yes, it's ladies night. Oh man, Scotty's finally gonna get that relationship oh, he I wanted. Got, I get fuck. I get two. With which one? Uh, All get of off, them. There we go. <laughs> oh my god, you could write it like it's a dating sim. Oh no. <laughs> I've got Apollo. Ooh. Nice. I'm a little jelly, to be honest. With Sulu. Ooh. And McCoy. And McCoy. Oh, oh my. Sexy. You got a sexy pile there, guys. <laughs> I'm going to misuse it horribly by your perspective, I'm sure. All right, I got a second one. Let's see who else I've got. 
Uh, Yeoman Martha Landon nice. and Chekhov. Yay, they go together. Nice. Oh, is, that, is that his girlfriend? From at the Apple. Girlfriend. The only good part of the Apple, Yeoman Rant Landon. Oh, I'm happy they get to be together. making out in the Garden of Eden. All right, here we go. Cyrano Jones. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, no. What a bizarre oh, set. Yeah, no, I'm sad. Well, Cyrano Jones is the one who gives the triple to Uhura. Because mm. he knows. <laughs> and Isis. Yay, the cat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Do you think you'll want Christ. her to be a cat or, or a lady, Jake? Doesn't matter. I mean, she just meows the whole time anyway, <laughs> whether or not she is. Right. And our last draw for me. Oh, no. You're going to get in trouble. Did you get fucking Trelane as well? Did you get McCoy and Trelane? I might have. You got the best fucking pile, Chris. Son of a bitch. Ooh, Apollo, Trelane, McCoy, and Sulu. Yeah. You got the sexiest draw ever. Sorry, love. I am very upset. All right, and now because I've honestly forgotten some of them, let's let's see who didn't get used. Sorry, everybody here. We we picked you because we loved you and. Baylock. Oh, he was a good one. Is that a? Harcourt Fenton it's Mud. Clint Howard. Clint Howard, right? Yeah, I know who Mud is, obviously. Shauna. Nah. The green line lady Gaga. Number one from the cage. Michelle Barrett. Yep, yep, yep. The Gorn. <laughs> Punch. <laughs> Rock. Oh, Rock. 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 Everyone's favorite lip syncer. It was great. There were a lot of good lip syncers in the show. And of course, Khan! Oh, that's a, that's a fucking shame to have no Khan. And Jem from the end. Oh, that's also too bad. I love Jem. So yes, look forward to those at some point. Yeah, after the series. Yeah. So what is the? So tell me again. What is? What are we actually writing? Let's well, write a fanfic of your choice and let's, inspired by your it, characters. It, 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 it does not have to be erotic. It you said there was going to be a prompt. Porn. These are um, the prompts. No, these are the prompts. Oh. I would say that we should aim for a minimum of a thousand words. A maximum of under half an hour long. <laughs> yeah, like a thousand words. That's like twice as many as five hundred words. That's actually it's completely true. true. It's only like two pages, two and a half pages. It's really not bad. Um, I always say that I'm going to write really ball slapping porn, and I never do. And I feel like I don't want to do that to poor Ahura. I mean, she doesn't have to be involved in the porn. Finnegan, though. Yeah, Can Kirk we... and Finnegan should probably finally fuck. Touch they should dicks. definitely touch dicks. <laughs> Ahura will be like, touch dicks. <laughs> Gen- are gender swaps access- acceptable? Ooh, that's a good question. I would, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd say not. whatever you want to do. I mean, yeah, I mean, shit. That's such bullshit. You got the best draw, Chris. I'm very sorry. No, I look forward. I to can't wait to, to read it. What you think? I mean, the problem is, I'm not going to do anything erotic with it. So whatever, I can dream it. <laughs> so with that- wait a second, Ames, your handwriting looks just like Brahms. Dun, dun, dun. And I mean that. I'm playing that on the piano right now. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So with that, that has been episode 38 Woo! of A Star to Steal Her By. Interestingly, perhaps one of our more intellectually driven episodes where we discussed major themes while not touching on the episodes much. Normally when we don't touch on the episodes much, we're just making fart jokes. Cock and balls, cock and balls, fart, 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 fart. So I feel cock like this balls, was cock and balls, vagina, and a butt. Cock. So I feel like, in a way, this is this is perhaps one of our finest moments until right then. <laughs> poop, poop, butthole, poop. 
do please find and like our Facebook page, Stardust to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SFHB Podcast. Uh, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting application. And if you use iTunes, please give us a rating and a review and forgive the noise from the cats in the background. Shark, 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 shark. For a star to steer her by, this is Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. The one thing none of the tracks after TNG have is a memorable theme. TNG's theme is so good, though. And even that isn't really... It, that's recycled. It's the theme to the motion picture. Ah, I don't feel like I know that theme at all. And then it's... The Enterprise theme was infamous. I was actually thinking that. I was like, wasn't there one that was really fucking bad? You guys always go on Getting from there to here. So 90s, guys. I put my long time. But my time is finally here. What the fuck is that voice? That's me trying Ooh. to sound like the jackass that sings that abysmal song. Okay, Wait, well. What, what years were, were in Friday? 2001 about? to 2005. It sounds like that's late enough that they should know better than that. Well, the thing I think, too, is it wasn't even <laughs> written for Enterprise. It was written for some movie from years before, and they just got the rights to cover it and use Oof, it. Wow. Yeah, no, it's a terrible song. Terrible, terrible.